We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. I am joined today again by Sean Siegel and our co-drafter in Blair Andrews who was part of that crew that came second last year we're trying to win it this year two hundred thousand dollars up top in the ffpc best ball tournament we are about to be on the clock pretty soon in the 10th round a rundown of our team as things stand is kyle pitts javante williams gabe davis deontay johnson jerry judy kyler murray Devonte smith rashad penny sky moore we did pass on damian harris in the last round and sean disappointed to say has gone off the board here we are two picks away Blair, who are some of your favorite options here? We touched on Pickens previously. Sean had mentioned him. This is a tricky zone because we do have the likes of Melvin Garden, um, and we, we already obviously have his counterpart at this point. Somebody who would be interesting here to me is Naheem Hines. I would also be interested in Kenny Gainwell. James Cook be, could be a potential option here that we missed out on Devin Singletary. Is, is there? Does this feel like a running back zone to you? The other question is, is it a wide receiver zone? <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I think it could be a running back zone if, well, uh, there goes James Cook. He was someone who's a little interesting at this price. I think if Pickens makes it back, he becomes someone we should definitely consider since he was, we were talking about him last time. Um, might be a little bit early for Rondale Moore, but he might be a good one to to stack with Kyler Murray in this offense. That would make sense. How are you feeling, Sean? The other player that I'll put the name out there is Michael Carter, but I'm probably looking to get two of these guys over the next two picks, and and how do you want to play it? Well, the only one we talked about not pressing and missing on was the second QB, and this is probably the spot to take Justin Fields. We have a variety of receivers who could fall back to us. We have a variety of running backs who could fall back to us. The problem, of course, is that we're only going to get one pick in the 11th round. So all those guys fall. We're going to have a difficult choice, and we're going to be frustrated that we didn't get you know, one of both. But once Fields goes, I mean, there's really no other good way to play the QB position if we're wanting to have two really high upside threats once we get into the fantasy playoffs. How do you feel about that, Blair? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely good with Fields here. I was trying to trying to look to see where he was going over the last few days to see how likely it was that he would make it back to us. But mid eleventh. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That with how many quarterbacks have been going early in this draft, like seeing Dak Prescott go in the seventh, you really yeah. probably can't afford to wait. I don't think he can. And as you say that, just uh, Blair Kirk Cousins goes off the board. So the options, if we didn't take Cousins, for example. Um, we're going to be Justin Fields, the other quarterback that goes in this range is two, and then you're into the Trevor Lawrence area of the draft. So, although we had to make that move a little bit earlier, I do feel quite good about about taking Justin Fields there. Um, and the other part, Sean, I think was what you were kind of leaning to the players that we have, the likes of George Pickens, Rondell Moore. I mentioned a number of running backs in this zone. Even Tyler Boyd would be in this range. Rashad White will be in that range when we get back at this next pick. So, I feel like. We have one option to get Justin Fields, but we also feel very good about all those other options that we have in the queue. Is that where you were looking, Sean? Yeah, I mean, we're going to get back in 
and want multiple players and feeling like multiple players would have been pretty key to the build. But that's the great part about this. And the reason why the Rotofiz FFPC roster construction explorer, the other roster construction explorers that we have, why they're so valuable to you, because you do have to make decisions that then have consequences, right? They have trade-offs. So we look at that there. We make sure we get the two quarterbacks that now allows us to use our late picks more efficiently and to really load up on our favorite sleeper candidates. Uh, I would love it if Rondell Moore falls to us. His ADP over the last week is at the 10 11 turn. We're obviously drafting again at 11 07, but it would be cool to get him with Kyler Murray. There's a little bit of a, an, a mystery injury with him that sounds like a mystery injury that is not particularly serious i think all of these teams as they head into week one if there are minor soft tissue injuries for any players they're just desperately hoping they can get them all the way back to 100 so they don't go out there in week one and aggravate it you know you want to get off to a fast start but especially early the risk of all of these different injuries that relate to different types of conditioning It'll be interesting to see how football evolves over the next decade. There are so many of these muscle injuries. It it seems like some of these should be preventable, right? You have some other sports out there that require consistent, explosive movement from a dead stop. Seems like the injury rates aren't as high. I obviously am not an expert. I know the NFL teams do all kinds of really advanced stuff. These guys work out really hard. If it were a simple, easy fix, they would have already done that. So mostly I'm just hoping health for them and health for us. We talk about injuries being a big part of fantasy, and yet no one's wishing that on anyone. The longer our rosters overall can stay healthy, the more fun fantasy football tends to be, especially in best ball, where you can't swap players out for someone else. Discussing that, Rondell made it through a couple more guys. We have Hines on the board here, Gainwell, Carter, Rashad White. I don't think that White's going to have much standalone value, although, again, the most recent report was that the Buccaneers would like for Leonard Fournette to play less. You wonder if that's coming from the people who realize that Leonard Fournette's not that good and could probably use a little bit of a break, or it's coming from the Buccaneers' decision-maker, who is Tom Brady, the guy who green lights his own mid camp vacations and, and that kind of thing i mean do we know what tom brady wants because that's gonna be the thing that determines if if white has standalone value he does seem like the player who if you are looking forward to weeks 15 through 17 you're like oh that guy led the nfl in running back scoring he seems more likely to do it than kenneth gainwell or Nike Mines. yeah sean i don't know i can't judge if you're trying to continuously lower white's adp or if you don't think that he's going to be any good this year i I feel like it's the second option but um i'm hoping that he's still still going to be the play blair two picks away rondell moore for me is the absolute clear pick if it gets back rashad white has gone off the board rondell moore goes off the board too which is a a bit of a crushing blow there would have fitted this team pretty nicely wide receiver wise now it would be garrett wilson or romeo dubes that would fit into the mix but i feel like the wide receivers here are probably a little bit tough or sorry the running backs are a little bit tough to pass up who would you like to see added to this roster um i think that uh, the guy i'd be looking at would be gainwell probably um i think garrett wilson has a good chance to get back to us in the 12th the only reason that i'm kind of leaning toward one of the running backs here but i could be talking to almost any of these guys yeah the other thing that's a shame we have joante williams uh, we have seen Melvin Garden continue to slide in this draft. Um, I've been adding him in those drafts where I, I don't have Javante. Sean, who are you looking as we wait for the draft in front of us just to make this this pick? It's probably Gainwell here. There have been some disturbing trends, both with Boston Scott and with them claiming Trey Sermon. He goes one pick ahead of us. We don't have to worry about that. Now we're kind of back into the situation with both Dobbs and Wilson, possibly one coming to us in 12 to where if we had taken Damian Harris instead of Sky Moore, we probably would be set up a little bit better. I think Isaiah Pacheco starts to be interesting now when we're talking about 
total upside. Also think Gerald Everett is someone that we should consider. I mean, this isn't a one tight end format, even if you get Kyle Pitts. A uh, 65% chance to get back to us. For which one, Blair? Everett. Who are you wanting? Well, if we want to get like both Everett and Garrett Wilson, for instance, we should take one of them here. So I guess I'm leaning. Oh, I guess we're taking Michael Carter. Yep. We need to be, <laughs> we need to pick quicker. Uh, I'm not against that pick, but that wasn't my pick. <laughs> we can't blame Sean for that one. Um, what happened there, guys? <laughs> well, we got down to one second. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's the top guy in the queue, so it would have been funny anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I'm good with that pick. Um, I, I mean, Michael Carter, we... when we don't have Brees Hall, yeah, it, it's just yeah. a pretty straightforward pick. He was so good last year. We should have been talking about him a little bit more, and we do need a running back there. We've let it get a little bit late. I think that what, what Blair was saying is true, that going Everett and Wilson – probably the way that we should have done it but the other player that i like here too in 12 which again would have freed us up to take either of those other guys i'm taking raheem Mostert in basically every draft and maybe that doesn't make sense but because you know if you're going to get up to 70 80 on someone within a two-week span you probably want it to be a guy who's only played like two or three consecutive healthy games in his career but <laughs> this is the year this is the year. But one of the things on Everett and him making it back is that I just, I mean, we can go Fant and McBride. We can go with likely. I don't really care for it, but there is some volume based play for Austin Hooper and Hayden Hurst and they're pretty inexpensive, but I mean, this is really like a three tight end format. I think you can probably get away with less if you have Kyle Pitts, but the tight ends are, are big hammers in this yeah and, and when there was the uncertainty i know we ran out of time i i thought that sean was going to click on the gerald everett pick that's usually sean's play there when we're at the <laughs> on the gerald everett and we need to get him point comes up that usually means that that's the button that's getting clicked i, I wouldn't have been against that but again we have options and i'm not against carter either i, I have been drafting quite a bit it, it feels that's the second time in this draft that we've had that run of kind of our, our three prime targets going off the board in a row but michael carter is not a bad consolation prize now that we have time to talk that pick through now that it's already made who would the pick have been for you blair at that point i think everett would have made sense i'm actually i I like michael carter there i think that he was a good pick so i'm I'm definitely happy with that you know with uh i'm always happy to kind of push running back picks later and later even in these best ball (laughs) formats so i definitely would have been okay with a, a romeo dobbs pick there too but i, I like how come you met a drafter on him back in the second round then uh, Blair? <laughs> that seems a bit you can't say you're going to push run him back as late as you can and then draft one in the second round if you draft one in the second round you can push the later running back picks <laughs> even further yeah um we are nearly back up here though and we are going to have some options but unfortunately gerald everett isn't going to be one of those that means that we have hopefully an option here to get Garrett Wilson who's top of our queue Pacheco who Sean mentioned is there we have Raheem Mostert in the queue um how are you looking to play it here Sean at this particular point I feel like there's a pretty decent drop off at wide receiver over these next couple of rounds if we don't go wide receiver here but um how are you feeling we're up to five receivers. We probably want to finish with seven or eight like you say it's gonna drop off a cliff the only two guys after this that I really have hardly any interest in, well, I guess there would be three KJ Hamler, not as good. I don't think if you have Jerry Judy, Wandell Robinson and David Bell, those guys are later picks. We don't have the tight end in consideration here anymore, but Checo is interesting because he's had a fall without a corresponding rise from Ronald Jones. Yeah. I don't think that, that makes sense. The chiefs running backs are going to score, although it could be in a way that doesn't work at all for fantasy. Garrett Wilson, probably the play, push Raheem Mostert to the next round. That's where his ADP is mid-13. Yeah, that's probably what I would do. But Pacheco, is it's interesting the way he like soared up so high and then has continuously crept back down over the last like week to two weeks um, based on I mean, the it's buzz. It's still got to be 50-50 that 
you know, whether he or Damian Pierce scores the most points. And there's a big gap in price. You mean just between those two guys, but the guy that's going to score the most points is Ronald Jones. Um, Ronald Jones. That's not 50-50. It's 90-10 because the Chiefs <laughs> are going to play through Ronald Jones. Yeah, that's exactly it. I thought you were going to say the Chiefs were going to score more points, so that meant that Pacheco was going to score more than Pierce, but what you meant was that Pierce is going to score more than Pacheco because Ronald Jones is going to smash. Exactly. So we also can draft him later as well. But yeah, I think... Um, Wilson was the play there. Sean, you mentioned about the pick that we did earlier where we took Sky Moore. Do you think in hindsight that is a pick that you would flip to, to swap Harris out there for, for Sky Moore? It would be for me because I actually have Dobbs and Wilson in the same basic vicinity. Dobbs has been more impressive than Sky Moore has been. I don't know that there's a huge difference in their prospect profiles, obviously more is younger, drafted earlier. Both of those things do matter, but Dobbs has been so good and he's been able to do so many different things and that offense has nothing, right? I mean, that offense is so devoid of receiver options and guaranteed targets that Alan Lazard is a sixth round pick. I love Alan Lazard, right? He's big. He was one of our freak score stars. He was wildly undervalued in the original NFL draft. Should have been like a third round pick. Instead, he falls out of the draft. That never made any sense. He's gone to Green Bay and established himself as a very good third receiver. He and Marquez Valdez-Scantling are third receivers. They should not be going in the sixth and tenth rounds of drafts. More going within one round of MVS, I think, is a good pick for us. And, you know, this preseason and camp stuff could be a mirage. You do see some of these guys, and especially late round guys, where the team doesn't have that same incentive to make themselves look good that they have with Christian Watson. I mean, anytime that you have a guy that you draft, you're like, oh, we were on him, other people weren't, and he goes out and plays well, that reflects well on you. But you also need Christian Watson to be the guy for you. And then you have the quarterback in Aaron Rodgers pushing Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Randall Cobb. I mean, the thing that's going to help is that Watkins and Cobb have been done for a while. And if that doesn't manifest in Dobbs and Watson playing more early than a lot of people are expecting, that'll be a horrible sign for the Green Bay Packers. I just don't think that the coaching staff and Aaron Rodgers, even with his stubbornness, are going to go that route. I mean, you've got some rookies. I mean, Dobbs is just, he's been a complete and total revelation, right? And then you have Christian Watson, one of the best athletes in the NFL immediately, I'm excited to see that. Blair, let's talk about some things that you are looking forward to seeing in the first month of the season. What storylines are you going to be having your eye on in week one? Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to be watching kind of the Chiefs wide receivers, wide receiver usage in week one to see uh, if it actually is looking good for Sky Moore in the, the opening. Obviously, we don't want to put necessarily too much stock into like early season usage especially when it comes to these rookies but you want you want your guys to get off to fast starts and um so that's something i'm really really going to be paying close attention to for all these all these rookies that i'm drafting a ton of yeah shell mentioned the packers too but if you pair the chiefs and the packers the wide receiver cores there for both rosters it's going to be very very interesting to see our thoughts heading into week two versus what they are now um it's going to be interesting you mentioned lazard too there is some reports that he is question mark for week one so that would even put more questions and if he does miss that and things happen for certain players in week one what happens then when he's back so it's going to be interesting the chiefs backfield too i think we have to keep a close eye on because the moving parts there are going to be very very interesting to watch and if it's a case that edwards lair doesn't have a good chunk of that backfield coming out of week one the you know the, the options are really open for those other three guys that are in the backfield. So the Chiefs for me are, are very interesting. Um, it's also going to be interesting because we've seen so many quarterback moves around the NFL. You know, Russell Wilson particularly, how does he settle in Denver straight off the start? Um, how does Tyreek Hill start off in Miami? How does Tua Tonga-Vailoa look? I just, I can't wait. It's hard to believe we've been drafting so long and talking about it for so long, it's hard to believe like a couple of days away these, these games are going to actually happen. It actually caught me nearly by surprise this week when I, I started to open up the thoughts to actually seeing games this, this coming week. We are one pick away, though. Pacheco is still in the mix. He does go off the board, I was going to say. But Sean, Raheem Mostert does make it back to us. So he's he's the pick here for me. Blair, have you anyone else you want to pitch in to, to have an argument with Sean here about not taking Raheem Mostert? 
No, I actually like Mostert here, and I'm happy yeah. to see Pacheco go off the board so we didn't have to debate that one. I think we've kind of, Sean hasn't, we, we've we've gone against, you know, we've given our pick a few times. I feel like we should, we had to give Sean that one anyway. Sean, team Mostert over Pacheco, even after what I was saying about the how the backfields could potentially play it for the Chiefs? Yeah. If this were a managed league, then... I think I would have even more interest in Pacheco. Now you think about it and you're like, if you're drafting a lot of teams, then you just take it as part of your portfolio and you get that upside. I do think that, you know, if you're in a 125 price point and you're not drafting 20 teams or 30 teams or what have you, Raheem Mostert is basically what we hope that Pacheco could be. It's a, probably a two back backfield instead of a four back backfield now miles gaskin is someone who has been good in the past he could be a sneaky contributor to that offense it's also a lot easier to see Mostert actually being the clear starter by week three or four than it is i think for pacheco but like you mentioned if ceh doesn't come out of the first week with total control of that it's massive red flags for him and i don't think that he will i think it's going to be spread Edwards Lord just doesn't have the talent to be the main guy. And you have plus athleticism from the other three players. When your backups are more athletic than your starter and your starter has been scuffling, it just makes it difficult for him to come out and really control the backfield. So the Chiefs will be a team to track really closely. For me, the Chiefs maybe aren't the number one team, although from a fantasy perspective, we do want to see how the workloads breakdown i think they're going to be in a very effective team i am worried that sky Moore maybe won't even play that much in the first month of the season i've been skeptical about mccall hardman and yet the chiefs are a team they need to get off to a fast start they may feel like the veterans give them the best route they're also a little bit i mean not arrogant but they're confident in their returning players being able to execute what they want to do they're comfortable bringing some of these guys along slowly obviously they brought patrick mahomes along slowly that's a different situation since it's the quarterback but we know that they're willing to let those guys work their way into the equation it's never been completely clear that the chiefs are quite as high on sky more as the fantasy community has been i mean they picked him they like him he's looked good and i hope he does well i have plenty of exposure there i think that teams like the eagles and the 49ers are going to be the teams that jump out figuring out what they're going to do how much do they run how much do their quarterbacks run can their quarterbacks pass effectively this is a potential massive breakout season for jalen hurts a qb we did pass on here but we have a lot in various places if the eagles are basically the cardinals or the ravens plus this year i guess i wouldn't be surprised and it would be very good for me in fantasy that's the one I'm going to have my eye on. We're wrapping back around to the 14th round pick. KJ Hamler is gone. Blair, we know it's never too early for Eno Benjamin. We still only have one tight end and Noah Fant is gone. These somewhat unappealing options at that position. Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst, Isaiah Likely, Brevin Jordan. And then I think you have to go down to Johnny Smith and Trey McBride. Blair, you've got the FFPC... ADP best ball tool up who looks like a good value in round 14. So yeah, in round 14, I mean, obviously I think you, those tight ends you mentioned Hooper Hurst likely are all, um, are all potential options there. You know, you know, Benjamin looks like he might not get back in the 15th. So he's someone that I would be tempted to take. Um, you have Jarek McKinnon, a little bit later, although he might be there in the 15th. But uh tell us that Eno Benjamin's the pick. Yeah, I mean, I would be more I'd be I'd be more uh well, I'd be tempted to wait on tight end and see see who gets back later, but obviously it's getting a little bit desperate. What do you think? I, I know Sean we took Benjamin. Uh, those tight ends you mentioned Hooper earlier in the show. I'm interested to get your thoughts on him. I, I'm kind of thinking I don't have a huge split between those three guys that go in this zone. Um, so I was kind of seeing if one of them potentially gets back to us in the next round. Uh, Hooper does go off the board. Have you him vastly ahead of the other guys? What's your thoughts on on Hooper as we haven't? I don't think we've discussed it pretty much. 
Well, it works as a pivot off of Burks when you don't have him, and we didn't get him on this particular team. Curtis has been very high on both Hooper and Hurst. He and I have kind of gone back and forth a little bit on that one. I don't have him nearly that high, but we're now moving into the range where he gets to be a little bit more interesting. He was a nobody with the Cleveland Browns, and they needed help. And so I think anytime that you don't perform when your team needed weapons and you don't perform for multiple seasons, to think that you're going to come out and put up a lot of production in a low-volume passing offense, that I think is not the play that I like to make. But again, at a certain point, you run out of options, and a starter who you know, could be competing with receivers who aren't good we need guys in this particular league. I like Isaiah likely. I think most likely he doesn't pan out, but if there's a fun play in a rookie who emerges, they have nothing beyond Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews. They could end up passing a lot more than people think. My question Blair would be, is this really clear for you? We took Benjamin straight up over Zamir White. White goes about around earlier. He's in this really gross, maybe four-person committee with the Raiders. He's currently the backup to what you might call a low-value touch role, although you would expect it to get some goal line carries. He also underwhelmed as a collegian, at least when you compare that to what people hoped he would do going in. But it seems like he may be one of these guys who is actually getting healthier after years recovering from knee injuries could be a better NFL player than he was in college. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, White was a guy who was a, a really exciting recruit coming out of high school who obviously because of that injury, it really changed the way I think we all viewed him as a prospect. But um, if uh, obviously with Amir Abdullah there getting some work, it seems like he might not have much of a role to start the season, but um, there's a good chance that he's maybe the most talented running back in that backfield. So I definitely don't have a problem betting on that and uh, seeing what seeing what happens. And they do keep tending to put out the signals that they would like him to be the guy. And anytime your team wants you to be the guy, it gives you a leg up if the battle ends up being close. So we're almost back up again, Sean. At this point, we have just the one tight end that you mentioned. We have five wide receivers, two quarterbacks, one, two, three, four, five, six. Sorry, six wide receivers, two quarterbacks, five running backs. Does this feel like a five running back build? Do we think we'll get another one? We're probably looking to get the third tight end. What construction do you think we need to make happen at this point? I think we have flexibility outside of whatever we do at the tight end position. Now, we did let it go too long and yet i'm still excited about johnny smith excited about trey mcbride those would be my two preferences as we're trying to figure out the best plays at this point i think because we can go with the two quarterbacks that frees us up to make more picks in this 20 roster spot league i think we have flexibility amir abdullah is a mid 16th round pick he would probably be the next guy up for me Blair, who are you seeing here that you're wanting to look at? Um, just waiting for the command center to refresh. I think uh, some of the guys who were kind of interesting, Tyrion Davis-Price, Isaiah Spiller, haven't been drafting a lot of them lately, but um, it sounds like the news is good on Jamison Williams, or maybe not good, but getting better than it was. So he's someone I have been adding at this at this stage of drafts as well. Colin, I'd be good with Jamison Williams. What are your thoughts there? I'm good with it too. I'll pitch Christian Watson. Anyone have any interest in Christian Watson? No. <laughs> Sounds like a no. <laughs> the advantage is that, you know, he's obviously coming off that injury, but he's likely to see those earlier parts of the season. And Sean certainly doesn't think that we're going to see a productive season from Randall Cobb or Sammy Watkins. Um, I had been drafting a lot of... Uh, Jameson Williams, maybe six weeks ago when I had eased off of it. So, yeah, I'm happy to get him there. I did feel like we needed to get back to wide receiver overall in the, the build. The other player, Sean, you had mentioned a couple of times, I think, when we were drafting, and that kind of range is Paris Campbell. Is he somebody you're still drafting? And did I imagine that he was somebody that you had mentioned previously on drafts? No, I have some exposure to him. I think that 
as we look for a winner between Campbell and Alec Pierce, who just goes there, I believe, at the 1509, I'm not convinced that we're going to get a winner so much as we're going to see those guys really cut into each other's work. I do still think this offense is going to run through Jonathan Taylor. We know Hines is going to take some of those underneath targets, maybe a lot of them. I would expect this to be a somewhat low volume offense that is efficient, controls the clock, gets ahead and puts teams away. I don't know that we need to prioritize those players when there are guys like Christian Watson, Jamison Williams, David Bell still on the board. Bell's situation is another one that I don't really understand. And I mention it that way because that usually is an indication that there is something that a piece of information there that I don't have. It seems to me like he missed this long period of time where a lot of other players were generating buzz. And then he came back in and was fine in the preseason games, the last couple there, but not enough to kind of restart the buzz in the light of all the other discussions, especially within the context of the Cleveland Browns offense being expected to tank now that they don't have Deshaun Watson until the end of the season. And yet when you're talking about a receiver in this range, then it's not that you don't want the early points. If he came out and had a week one that was like Anquan Bolden, one of the players who jumps up in our tools as being a legitimate comparison for him, then you know that's a lot better than saying, oh, maybe he'll put up some points in weeks 11 through 17, something like that. But yet, even if we lower our expectations and simply ask him to be someone who contributes during the fantasy playoffs, that would be the range where Watson is back and playing. Now, Colin, one of the things that you've mentioned is you don't think that Watson will necessarily be good at that point it's a lot of time to miss and then the expectations and the attention probably a negative for him to do what he's done in the past especially since he didn't play last year either so it's not like they're going to get some savior coming to the rescue down the stretch of the season and, and all of a sudden the cleveland browns will be scoring 30 points a game but even with that it, david bell seems like a very easy choice late in drafts i agree um is bell somebody you've been drafting a lot of uh Blair? Yes, definitely. Um, he's someone, I don't know if I've been necessarily taking him this early, but um, with a lot of the guys that we like going off the board right before our pick comes up, we almost can't afford not to not to take him if we really want him. Yeah, we missed out on uh, Trey McBride went off the board, which is a really tough one um, just ahead of us there. Um he wasn't, uh, he wasn't in my range of discussions here at this point, but he was definitely somebody who I wanted to target. We are back on the clock at this point. Amir Abdul is in the mix. David Bell is the other player in the mix. Sounds like nobody wants Christian Watson. So we're between Amir Abdullah and David Bell. Which way do you want to play it, Sean? Well, I would be okay with Watson also. Blair, point us in the right direction. Uh, I would be good with Watson. I think the we had mentioned Jonu Smith earlier with how early a lot of these tight ends are going. He might be someone to consider as well. But I'm good with Watson if you want to do that, Colm. Okay. So that gives us a little bit of Watson exposure. We have a ton of Romeo Dobbs. Watson, the player, drafted earlier and before training camp expected to perhaps be the young breakout star for the Packers, again, a late season hammer type of bet. Johnny Smith has an ADP in the 18th round. Obviously, you can't trust these ADPs to be something that you rely on once you get past rounds 13, 14 into that range. He could go at any time. I like him. I also think that because we have Kyle Pitts, it brings Greg Dulcich back into the equation as a possible round 20 pick even though he's going to miss the first month of the season yeah and i also think we've kind of got ourselves into a, a situation where that probably has to come back into consideration um any interest in daniel bellinger new york giants rookie tight end uh, what about you blair there is a potential other target and we're obviously we're low on targets at this point as well <laughs> um he's not someone i have been drafting a ton of but i can you know, when you with these late tight end targets, they kind of they kind of all become the same, really. Where you're just hoping for a few touchdowns, you're in there. So I can be talked into him for sure. <laughs> well, that gives us an, a chance to 
segue into discussion of the New York Giants, another team I think that uh, even though there's the expectation that they will be gross this year, there's also a lot of uncertainty, which could be great for fantasy managers who have the guts to go after guys like Kadarius Tony, Wondell Robinson, Saquon Barkley, someone who could finish as the number one player in fantasy, or he could kind of fall slash crumple into that Ezekiel Elliott type of production that we've seen the last several years. Are the Giants a team that you're going to be watching? What do you anticipate there? Could Tony stay healthy and be the second-year receiver who slingshots by not everybody, but a large portion of his sophomore peers? I think that's definitely a possibility. I obviously, you know, you have some concerns about kind of how good that offense is going to be, but there are some signals that they might be a little more explosive than we than we would anticipate. Um, the way I'm playing that wide receiver room is just to draft a lot of Wandale Robinson and uh, not as much Tony, although I am getting him sometimes if he slips a little bit past ADP and it fits the build. Um, but yeah, that's definitely another another team that I think has some chances to be be a little more exciting than they have been in the past. And the rookie wide receiver could be a big part of that. Yeah, I've been kind of thinking of it the same way. It's really either Saquon or Robinson that's most of my exposure to the Giants. You hit on a good point, though, Sean, around the expectations for teams. And this is something that I we've dealt with, particularly in the YouTube comments around when we do a draft like this where we take Kyle Pitts, for example, or we're drafting players in the Seahawks or the Jets or the Lions that these teams aren't going to be good. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how teams like the Bears, who the expectation is that they're going to struggle at various points of the season the offensive line isn't very good the lions for example you know even how the browns are without deshaun watson there's a lot of these teams the texans the falcons the jets you know we're going to look at them and how, maybe have a different light on them when we get into next week but there's also going to be those overreactions to what actually happens in week one and then some of these teams will come back down to earth in week two so we'll see how that all starts to play out one pick away though abdullah continues to be there as an option david bell is also there as an option so they are both very, very interesting for me at this point. Blair, have you a strong lean either way with, with those two options? And again, our, as, as the tight end discussion coming up, we, we didn't want Cameron Britt, but he goes, how should we be playing? This is, a, this is the, the John Smith range here. Maybe he is the way we should go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I think it's a good place to at least consider John U. Smith, I, but I'm, I would be good with either Abdullah or Bell as well if you guys wanted to go. One of those two ways, you know. I mean, John U. Smith is not someone who gets me very excited. Yeah, it but, doesn't. I but, don't have much John U. Smith, but yeah. we may need it. You need the tight end, so I'd rather draft David Bell. <laughs> what about you, Sean? 
this seems like a pretty good price for Amir Abdullah. We do have Michael Carter with a vaguely similar profile. I think Abdullah is going to catch a ton of passes there with the Raiders. For me, he's more of a 13th round value to get him in round 17. It's almost too much to pass up, especially since we didn't get Zemir White. I don't tend to put those guys on the same team. It, it would be pretty disappointing to miss on Johnny Smith, but especially when you consider how many teams have already drafted so many tight ends, wasting a pick on a player many people still expect us to be an H-back. I, I think we can probably afford to go Abdullah here. And I, I don't think we can override Sean pitching a, a late round running back uh, to us like that, can we, Blair? Nope, I'm good with I'm good with it. <laughs> we'll go with the we'll go with the master there. Um, inter- I'm always interested. I did have a brief look. I couldn't see any negative news <laughs> on Twitter. Um, I, I'm always interested when a player continues to to slide a little bit like that. It, it always gives me an un- uneasy pause to draft them, but everything looks to still be okay with Amir Abdullah. Feels like a that that's a nice couple of rounds with the the upside picks of the two wide receivers to pair now with the uh, sixth running back on this roster finished at running back here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need probably two more tight ends. So three picks remaining. So yeah, I think two, two, two tight ends and, and see what the best option is then at the other spot. Yeah. You can't ever be finished at running back when Ronald Jones is still available. So (laughs) yeah. Will he go undrafted? That is the question. Sean asked earlier, Blair, about players that you have to, you know, kind of fight yourself off sometimes to draft. Ronald Jones is on that list for me. Is he on your list of players in that area, or have you found it easier not to draft him? I'm actually finding it easier to draft him now because he's so much cheaper than he was earlier in the offseason. So yeah, that's my, that's my problem. I still, like, I still like getting exposure in the 19th or 20th round. Yeah, so Sean leaves the door open there for more Rojo exposure, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, if uh, I mentioned Ballinger again, uh, well, there goes Johnny Smith. He was he was the other player we were talking about. Um, we are pretty limited though now when it comes to tight end options. I haven't drafted Taysom Hill a single time this year. Is he somebody that either you guys are drafting? Um, we're into a range then where Dulcich is probably our, our primary target. So we're, we're into the rookie tight ends here, I think. Taysom Hill does have a week 14 buy, same as Kyle Pitts for whatever that's worth. Oh, that's good. That's brilliant news to hear, actually. <laughs> it just means that we don't have to draft him. Right. Have either of you been drafting Taysom Hill? He's somebody that, like, if, if something happens and he scores a lot of points, I'm just going to be wrong on it. I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. Yeah, I don't know if I've taken any Taysom Hill this season. He's not the starting tight end, and he's not the backup quarterback. And he's that doesn't mean that those things back either. couldn't... <laughs> couldn't... <laughs> Because the backup left tackle, <laughs> but I mean, if if you're if you're tight if you're a tight end, and your two paths are to be the tight end or to be the emerging quarterback, you just would like to be either the starter at one or at least the backup at the other. The Saints seem like they have soured on him to an extent. That doesn't mean that it's an extent that doesn't give him still some possibility. Tommy Tremble is a player I would mention. Once you get into the desperation category that we're in, Kyle Rudolph would seem to me to be the guy who scores the most points there in Tampa Bay. And that passing offense does have enough to go around, especially in the red zone. Bellinger flashed early and then struggled some. But again, you're yeah. talking about a an offense that doesn't have production from the receiving positions and with that being the case when you have a young player who's flashed and has that athletic ability when you're talking 19 20 round picks they're more interesting again yeah so we are again one pick away he he goes in this kind of area players that we've discussed quite a bit though as well as david bell who goes uh, just a couple of picks later by adp so he's definitely in play as well i'm I'm kind of easy with we've started to build out with some rookie wide receivers a little bit earlier so I, I would be happy to go bell but which way do we want to go Blair we're back on the clock and Sean's devastated to know that Sammy Watkins is after going off the board so uh, Bellinger it looks like has a 28% chance to get back to us 
And what about uh, Bell? Bell is 41%. So, I mean, both below 50, but if we want to get Bellinger to fill up our tight end slot, maybe this is the time. Sean mentioned earlier this is a format where you can start up to three tight ends, but you can also start one tight end if you wish. So maybe <laughs> this is a one tight end starting <laughs> team. But uh, it's always difficult to know. By by the time we get to the end of this tournament, Bellinger could certainly be a, a flexible tight end here. And actually, after we make that pick, Taysom Hill and Tyler Conklin both go off the board back-to-back. So, um, yeah, we'll see now. But if, if Bell got back to us here, that would be fantastic. Um, I've drafted a lot of Sonny Michel when he was with the Miami Dolphins. Um, he could be here, but I, I, I'll, I think I'm, I'm just going to wait and see how this next round plays off. It's, it's always interesting. There's so many interesting running back options still available at this point of the season and these late rounds that are, are very appealing. But David Bell is probably the, the prime target here for us if he makes it back. Anyone else that we're, we're pitching in for, or is it too early to start making those pitches? We'll hold off on the pitches then. Blair, which rookie scores the most fantasy points in week one? Probably Wandale Robinson. It's going to be hard to see anyone outscoring Damian Pierce at this point. <laughs> Six touchdowns week one. It's going to be hard to score more than that. Any any predictions for you, Sean? I know we're potentially going to do a ball prediction show before the start of the season. Which rookie are you most excited to see play this year? Or this week, I guess, this year. I, there's a lot of options with this week. Yeah, full season, probably it's going to be Drake London. We're not 100% sure how healthy he's going to be, although he has returned to practice. Garrett Wilson is somebody else I expect to really come out. And despite the expectations for him, I think he could be very, very good right away. He is massively undervalued. I'm going to go with Romeo Dobbs, right? I mean, he's he's the guy who has... Yeah. I mean, am I correct in saying back-to-back MVPs, both of which were unjustified, but back-to-back MVPs <laughs> pulling the trigger to him as the number one wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers? Th- that is correct. I think I'm going to be pretty excited about seeing how that works out this week, just with it being such a, a different look offense for the Packers. But I, my favorite part of these podcasts now when we're doing it, that's the second time on the show Sean has had a shot at Aaron Rodgers. I just enjoy it so much when they, they pop up because I know secretly Aaron Rodgers is his guy. Uh, so we are back on the clock. We have options. We do also have the option here, and he does go a little bit later normally, Greg Dulcich as a possible option to get that other tight end. But we do have David Bell, who we've touched on a number of times. Blair, how are you feeling here? Um, Bell, Ronald Jones, Greg Dulcich... Ryan and anyone starting out to you I probably lean toward David Bell but um if you guys have have strong feelings a different way then I don't have strong opinions on on this pick um obviously you can't go wrong with Ronald Jones I'm okay with Dulcich too if you want to grab him Sean drafted Ronald Jones. I'm just going to go in here while we're drafting and see where I'm at with Ronald Jones here. <laughs> well, the reason that I picked Jones is that I do think that he has, despite the pitch I made earlier for David Bell, as one of the most undervalued players and someone who doesn't really make sense here. He's probably going in round 15. And, you know, those rounds maybe are a little bit interchangeable. Ronald Jones, still the guy who. I mean, he, he just sets up so perfectly to be exactly what we got last year from Sony Michelle, exactly what we got last year from Rashad Penny in that Kansas City Chiefs offense, a guy who is still young, right? Still almost as young as a lot of the trendy players who haven't done anything and is a former thousand yards from scrimmage guy. The the best running back on the Chiefs. Now, it doesn't mean that they'll go that direction. We're not at practice. The note that I saw about him recently was that he's finally figuring out the Chiefs' way of doing things. The Chiefs seem like they're a very player-friendly organization. It doesn't mean they don't have high expectations, but not one of these teams that makes it hard on players. If you're having to figure out the Chiefs' way of doing things, you know that's a red flag, right? I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons why he departed from the Buccaneers. I think that at that spot, his ability to win us the tournament and the leverage that he would create for us to win the tournament is greater than what David Bell gives, especially because... We really are pretty well stocked 
at the wide receiver position. I think that running back was a little bit more than need there, but also too, uh, and hopefully this works within the context of, of you guys' exposures. We got down to about five seconds there, and so we didn't have a time to go through that. But David Bell <laughs> is, I mean, uh, David Bell, Garrett Wilson, Eno Benjamin, I probably don't need to be adding more shares to those players. Now that things have moved back in the right direction for Ronald Jones and his price hasn't adjusted, he does seem like a hammer in every draft type of pick. That, that made me laugh. The, I hope that's okay with your exposures, Sean. This draft obviously won't update the exposures at the FFPC to the drafts over, but he was currently my third highest rostered player at 36%. So we're probably getting him into the, the top one spot after this draft. Well, it seems like player, you're overdrafting him then. Seems like I'm overdrafting him, yeah. Uh, so uh, Greg Dulcich is uh, my fourth highest player, so maybe we get him here um, in this last round to bump that up. Eno Benjamin, though, is coming in at a pretty sweet uh, 27%, so that's going to bump up too. So a lot of these teams that I'm drafting have the same players is probably my biggest takeaway here. <laughs> but if Ronald Jones is the starter for the Chiefs, I'm going to win a lot of money this year. It's probably my main takeaway as well. But the uh, the realist in me wants to say that that's not that's not the realistic outcome. <laughs> when if we get back the here, fourth stringer, you're just going to be glad that he wasn't that expensive. That's that's the key. The key is that I'm getting him now at prices that you know at least it's not in the tenth round where I was taking him you know two months ago. Uh, the key here is though two picks away. Are we good taking Dulcich even? With the uh, missing the first four weeks of the season, I I'm I'm okay with it. But how are you feeling? David I, Bell I, is still on the board. Yeah. <laughs> like I think the the option is to just go all with Pitts the whole way through. We've taken him in the first round and and risk it. So it is be- like Bell is still there, but it probably makes sense to take a, another tight end just for the overall build of the team. What are you thinking, Sean? Well, if we had a really strong second tight end, then you'd be fine. We do not. Mm. And once we kind of get into that later range of the season, it'd be nice to have somebody else to rely on. I think that Dulcich is a good play. The Broncos obviously love him. I also really like Tommy Tremble here. Okay. Go for it. I'm good with either of those guys. Sean. We're going to time out on the last pick, which I think fits the dynamic of this draft nicely. What, I thought you said Tommy Tremble, though. We take Greg Dulcich. No, I just said that I like him a lot. I think that he could be okay. the guy who does take a step forward because of Baker Mayfield there. Partly on Dulcich, if I'm going to have as many Albert O'Shea shares as I do have, then I guess I like having a little bit of Dulcich as well. Obviously, Dulcich shares are not at zero because before it became clear that he was going to be out for the first month of the season then you you know there were some times where you're getting a decent price on his potential upside this denver broncos offense is going to score a ton of points the carolina panthers offense it's much more up in the air and those points that they do score you would expect to go through christian mccaffrey and dj moore those players have such a big edge on that roster even if players like Cortland sutton javante williams and jerry judy break out for the broncos i don't think that necessarily eliminates their tight end from playing a big role we know based on the rhetoric coming out of denver that they really want dulcich to be someone who is a foundation piece for this team in the future that's the reason why he had flipped and was going ahead of mcbride for a decent chunk of time before the injury but what do you think do we do it wrong is it a situation here where you do feel comfortable if you have kyle pitts in the first round I mean, he has to be the guy who more or less scores every game. Yeah, I mean, I think that if, you know, if Kyle Pitts doesn't have the kind of season we hope, then this team was probably not going to go anywhere anyway. So, uh, you know, you don't want to hedge too much, I guess. Um, I do like the way this team turned out. I think we we ended up with a lot of a lot of zero RB targets to add with to Javante Williams. So we should be really strong there stronger than a lot of my teams are at running back and uh and uh, even though we didn't we didn't 
hammer these wide receivers early like we often do. We still got some really good, really good guys. Yeah, I think overall is pretty strong. Obviously, uh, that is the you know if you take the tight end in round one, running back in round two, it is obviously going to be trickier to have those first five rounds of wide receivers as strong as we would in other drafts. But I think there is a a lot of upside in this roster, and I think when you're in these tournaments, that's what you want to do. Sean always talks about having the team stronger, you know, at the end of the season than it is now. If we look through the rookies that we've taken, the young players that we've taken, the running backs that are going at these points, where people are expecting them to not be the starting options on rosters you know things moving in the right direction this team becomes really stacked when we get to week seven week eight and uh, it could be very very interesting the only things we didn't really do we didn't uh, stack with either quarterback but with the russian upside i'm never as concerned about stacking with the russian quarterbacks because they're still going to give you that the other thing is outside of maybe the bears i do think there's going to be a lot of variety in how those points are put up for the Cardinals, particularly early in the season. Then you have to deal with, for example, we touched on it, but Hopkins coming back. So I'm not as worried about not stacking both of those quarterbacks, but I think this team is, is full of upside. Second tight end is obviously a concern, but again, like you said there, Blair, if, uh, if Kyle Pitts you know, goes down in week two, for example, you want to keep open all those paths to victory, but this team's going to be in a little bit of trouble if that does happen. But if he is the season that we're betting on with that first round pick, we, we may not need another tight end. Just I always reminisce back to last year when we, we started two tight ends in the the final week. Um maybe these guys are superstars. Sean, how do you feel about this team? It looks good. And it looks good in a way that's kind of fun because it does have some resonances with the team that we drafted last year. Blair mentioned it in that last year, Mark Andrews was the guy this year. We hope Kyle Pitts is the guy last year. Jonathan Taylor was the league winning running back this year. We could make a, you know, an argument for Javante Williams that maybe he could be that player. We had Devontae Adams early on in last year's draft between Gabe Davis, Deontay Johnson and Jerry Judy. You have three shots at getting that place that we really struggled last season was actually at wide receiver and this team looks built at least in the short term to be more powerful at that position we have taken a few risks with players who might not be in dynamic offenses in terms of Devonte smith at least from a pass volume perspective garrett wilson multiple ways the jets could be bad at more or less everything Jamison Williams, Christian Watson, those guys are bets for later on in the season, but the upside looks like it will be there. The thing that really helped us last year was without breaking the bank, we had both Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow. That combination was important because we were able to play through different guys in the playoffs. One player would allow us to get through one week. Another player would give us the extreme upside in the finals, for example, with Joe Burrow. This team, I think, also has that with Kyler Murray and Justin Fields. Not free, but these guys didn't crush the rest of the team in order to give us those two shots. I like that flexibility. And again, as Blair was saying, there is a lot of running back depth. If we ended up and got to week 16, week 17, and a running back snuck into the flex position, I have to think it would be because that person is actually scoring a lot of points, not that we didn't have other options available from other positions yeah sounds fair um when we are getting ready to wrap up here obviously blair has joined in for the draft and he does a fantastic job behind the scenes over on the website his articles are obviously amazing as well the wrong read if you haven't checked those out you can also follow him on twitter at am i the real blair i think he is the real blair he has never confirmed or denied it but the other part then that i want to mention is both himself and hassan rahim are back with the road of his report they are also streaming it up on the road of his youtube channel so check that out but it's going to be uh pretty busy but it's going to be an exciting week one what's your final words here for this team blair and for the listeners heading into week one i mean for this team i think that we're in a strong position to improve on our our finish from last year and go all the way to number one (laughs) we only have to go one place better than we did last year (laughs) that's right it's only a small a small step i think we can do it yeah and week one you mentioned some of the things to watch for but uh how excited are you to have football back yeah week one is going to be exciting um can't wait to to actually watch some some football that that matters um so yeah 
that'll be good. And uh, Rotoviz will have you covered with with all the everything you need to know about those games. So all the bells and whistles. Yeah, that's that's a perfect time to mention the ten percent discount you can get if you haven't signed up already. I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. You can use the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. Get yourself a 10% discount while signing up. Get access to all of our tools and content. Keep you going through the season with the Zero RB report, all the great work that will be up up on the site throughout the week to help you with getting your team into the best shape to win a championship at the end of the year. Me and Sean will be back with another show that will come out on Saturday, so stay tuned for that. But until we are back, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Marlin. You can follow Blair on Twitter at Am I the Real Blair. You can check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we're back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>